What's paramount to our spiritual formation? Is it the outer or inner life? Or can we even separate the two? Welcome to Word for the Week, Season 3, Episode 17. Join us as we discuss Matthew 15, 10-20, the importance of what goes into our mouths and what comes out. Matthew 15, 10-20 Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull, Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Up until now, every passage called a parable has been a story of some kind. This isn't a story, so why is it called a parable? Yeah, uh, the the word in the biblical Greek um, uh, actually means, in the literal sense, means to uh, two ships to be placed uh, next to each other, as in battle. You know how they would broadside oh, right, each other. Right. Uh, and in the figurative sense, what it became to mean is um, when you take something similar and place it beside each other. Uh, it also okay. means a pithy, instructive saying, okay. but one that involves uh, some listening perspective to it that you you really have to pay attention. And really, that uh, the pithy instruction is is kind of what uh, fits with this one. So Peter's confessing that they are just not all the oh, as perceptive right, as they, right. and they need some instruction on this one. It, it seems fairly straightforward. So why the problem? I think we'd say that today, but in the culture, uh, <laughs> there was a whole lot at stake with the religious authorities. Yeah. So it turns out to be a very important question. And, and uh, I think to let us have a little more flavor or context with it, we really need to go back now that we've covered the focus, go back and cover the context a little okay. bit. What has happened before? Okay. Well, in Matthew 15, 1 through 9. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that which might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules." Yeah, the Pharisees now have been dogging Jesus um, Mm -hmm. on religious tradition. 
And uh, what's important for us to realize here is that Jesus isn't negating parts of the Old Testament. He's not said, doing away with the uh, dietary laws of Leviticus right. and such. He's actually talking about the rabbinical laws, the laws that were placed on the laws. So people had laws to follow right. uh, in a traditional sense. So we're kind of getting into the area of, of what the Jewish people would call the, the Mishnah or the Oral Torah. That's a whole thing in itself. Is the Mishnah part of the Bible? Yeah, and when we talk about the Jewish Bible, of course, we're talking the Old Testament, right. uh, referred to as the Tanakh or the Mikra, the scripture. And the Mishnah being the oral uh, Torah was was not part of um, uh, the, the Old they Testament. They had a very big oral tradition. Of, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, very much so, especially with uh, being taken away into captivity in Babylon right. and all of that. Right. So the Mishnah is really the human interpretation of the Tanakh or the Mikra, which are the Old Testament. So man's okay. interpretation of, of God's word, composed of six books, basically. Ultimately, they were written down. And the Mishnah describes itself as not the code of the Jewish law, but the study of it. And uh, so if you're reading in the pages, you have rabbis who are actually in dispute over certain things they say in there. And to this day, we have to realize this isn't just some lost document. The Mishnah is the practical center of the Jewish culture, mm -hmm. uh, Orthodox culture. And uh, it, it dictates practical laws of how God's laws would be carried out in everyday life. And they still pour over these. I, I oh, watch shows absolutely. on Netflix and it shows them... Mm -hmm. You know, their whole life, some of them dedicate their themselves to, you know. Rightly. And, and, kind and of those two ship things, yeah. compare, all the comparisons and everything like you were saying. And in the culture, of course, they've got to um, uh, where the culture is one of outer righteousness. This is a big deal to, to get this down. Right. What kind of instructions are given in the Mishnah? Yeah, for instance, when you're talking about these, the, they're so important to them as, as means of righteousness. Righteousness, um, mm. uh, for instance, uh, the Mishnah would cover uh, what time do the morning prayers begin? Uh, uh, practical things like laws of liability. If you're watching your neighbor's house, how much are you liable for whatever happens to his property? Right. Um, uh, things based on the dietary laws. Can you place cheese and meat on the same table? <laughs> You know, so I'd you start <laughs> dividing stuff up. And, of course, laws of ceremonial cleaning of diet. For example, there's even laws that dictate how much water can you uh, put into a ritual bath, you know. How much so, water can you put into a um, ritual bath? <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy on that. I'd say all the water you can get in the tub, but I'd be wrong. Is the Mishnah the same as the 600 and... 13 Jewish laws that we hear about from time to time. Yeah, you'll hear Christians refer to that a little bit every now and then mm. trying to get. But the um, uh, the that's a component, I believe, as I understand, a component of the Mishnah okay. known as the mitzvot. Oh, my. Uh, and these are the laws that the, the rabbis derive them, you know, from the Old Testament. They, okay. they go to the source. And it's amazing in the mitzvot how many of them actually fit very well with the teaching of Christ. 
Uh, and I thought, I, uh, going through these 613 laws, <laughs> get you to read a couple of them that are, you know, okay. Jesus would have no contest with them. Okay. Law 15, don't hate your brother in your heart, mm -hmm. based on Leviticus 19.17. Law 17, don't embarrass others, based I, on Leviticus 19.17. I'd be in 19. trouble with that. I'm embarrassing you all the time. That's so. <laughs> right. I love you. Mm -hmm. uh, law 21, don't bear a grudge. Mm -hmm. I don't bear a grudge. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Based on Leviticus 19.18. Law 43, ignore a false prophet, Deuteronomy 13.4. Mm -hmm. And Law 77, serve God with prayer, Exodus 23.25. So some of those, you know, they fit in. Yeah. No problem with those in Christ's way of thinking. Uh, I, I think it's fun to look at some other ones that the modern culture is in direct conflict. And I thought, hey, check out a few of these if you would. Law 62, don't engage in astrology. Get rid of that out of your newspaper. Law 72, don't tattoo the skin. Jeez. Law 122, a man shall contractually marry a woman before living with her. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Law 157, not to have homosexual relations. Mm -hmm. And some interesting ones, a man cannot remarry his divorced wife. So... So if we divorced, I couldn't remarry you? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and there's kind yeah. of a logic to that in a way. If there was something serious enough by the law that we had to divorce, then uh, ha, ha, you would have to undo the law, you know. So yeah, yeah. Just weird. A priest cannot marry a widow. Right. It has to be yeah, pure virgin. virgin to, and a jealous husband cannot put oil on his wife's meal. Hmm. What, for fear of killing her or something? <laughs> I, I think that's one of those. There's a whole story behind that yeah, one. It must be. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure if it's like the oil of forgiveness, so that if it's taking a spiritual, spiritual mm. realm, or if it's practical and say, hey, you can't do your wife in, you know, don't do that. <laughs> but um, obviously some very interesting laws in there. Yeah. And when it comes to relationships, there are all kinds. Of, they get everything covered, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, don't have intimate relations with your relatives, okay? Mm -hmm. Relatives of the same gender, just in case you miss that. Mm -hmm. Your livestock, your pets. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in there. That's I so don't know what people were doing, <laughs> yeah, right. but they're all in there. And then, of course, there are a number of dietary laws mm -hmm. that are in there. And the uh, Mishnah and the consequent uh, mitzvot are based on Scripture. And to be honest, to be fair, uh, on all, there's a lot of really wise stuff hmm. in uh, both as we look at the mitzvot and the Mishnah. And, and it's not just that there are good things in these teachings. The ancient Jews that would have heard Jesus teach took these laws really, really seriously. Right. And for example, speaking on the dietary laws, here's a graphic excerpt from the Bible scholar William Barclay. How very seriously this was taken can be seen from many an incident in Maccabean times. 4th Maccabees chapter 7 tells the story of a widow and her seven sons. This is really something. Mm. It was demanded that they should eat swine's flesh. They refused. The first had his tongue cut out, the ends of his limbs cut off, and he was then roasted alive in a pan. The second had his hair and the skin of his skull torn off. One by one, they were tortured to death while their aged mother looked on and cheered them on. They rather died than eat meat, which to them was unclean. That's just... Yeah, it's pretty so, phenomenal. There's some, that's some, how serious they were. Yeah, they were very devout. Yeah, and, yeah. 
And uh, and this is something to me, I think that Christians sometimes, what I hear in Bible studies and stuff, hmm. is uh, we really need to guard against oversimplification of these ancient leaders like the Pharisees. And, yeah. And in modern uh, Christian teaching, sometimes they're reduced to these one-dimensional caricatures, right. really, that that had very little understanding or devotion. Mm-hmm. And if we see them like that, we can miss some very important lessons. Yeah. <clears throat> Give us an example. Well, at, at many levels, we're talking about the devoutness of these people. They right. were obviously what you just read. They're, they were very devout. Mm-hmm. And to points at some of these levels, I mean, they put modern Christians to shame yeah. in that level. So it drives home the point of St. Francis of Assisi, first, uh, I think, accredited with the saying, but uh, for the grace of God go I. Right. It's, it's uh, by grace of Christ alone that uh, we're not as uh, missing a point um, as as maybe some of these ancient people were. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it certainly has nothing to do with our own efforts or discernment. We, uh, that we're spiritually alive. It all, you know, honestly comes down to uh, what Christ allows in us. Because when we look at it in the big picture, seriously, these guys tried a lot harder than we do in our faith system. So Jesus has some really scathing things to say in our passage, passage. If they were so devout, why the heavy criticism then? Uh, yeah, and it's an important question in balancing out and yeah. getting an honest picture of this whole thing. Yeah. If we study this closely, we see that Jesus, he really didn't have a problem with the dietary laws or or even the traditions that were coming. I bet you he followed a lot of them say, himself. Yeah. Yeah. His problem was with the upside-down priority. Mm. Uh, it was... Uh, all about the outer religious system that was going on at the expense of the inner life uh, that was supposed to be what it pointed to, to the changes. And so it was a basic mistake, uh, and it was a lethal mistake. Um, And so for those obsessed with the law, um, uh, outer action was the way to spiritual life. And it had reached a point that... um, uh, if you got all these outer things right, well, the the inner life, you know, really didn't seem to matter for much. It was really salvation through legalism, right? Yeah, and there's a great word to bring up because it was legalism, but without apology. Uh, we've been, it's got kind of grilled in us in the evangelical Christian community that legalism is ooh a nasty word. That's just. Right. One of those things you never want to be, people would deny it. Yeah. But if you were to talk to these ancient uh, Jewish people, they would tell, well, yeah, the, the law of God is the way to righteousness, to mm-hmm. salvation. It, it was structured, ordered steps that they could follow towards God. Mm-hmm. Um, it lacked a lot of the chaos we can see in in uh Bad Christian teaching, right. may I say, not good. Right. Uh, and, and it was very practical to see if you weren't, you could see people doing these things. And if they weren't, it was pretty easy. Well, then, you know, they weren't where they needed to be. Right, right. Uh, so it, 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 it kind of sounds like you're sympathizing with them uh, a little bit. And I, I will. I'll get all kinds of hate <laughs> mail and all of this. But I would say I am simply from this point of view, for the honest picture, mm-hmm. and for the point of learning, if to see their point of view, to learn from their mistakes. Because as we said, 
<laughs> but for the grace of God, right. I'd go why. Uh, but the problem with them really came down to me anyway, is it, to two things. First, by making righteousness something that came from the outside, there was this very strong um, tendency to neglect or diminish the inner life. Yeah. Big problem because life and death starts with the inner life mm -hmm. and then moves outward. So uh, right. if we start seeing it the other way around where it's the outer life, then the inner life, it, it becomes spirit killing. And we'll kind of see how that happens uh, a right. little later on in our discussion. The second thing is, uh, it's in its humanness, it devolved into something really that uh, I would call malicious hypocrisy. You you had these religious mm -hmm. leaders; they were the they were the big men on the block type of thing. In uh, some of them, in all honesty, others I think maybe just to do <laughs> do it sometimes heaped more and more rules on the common people, mm -hmm. and yet as you as you read through what Jesus says. Uh, they very often disregarded their own laws, or even more importantly, the actual laws of God when it suited their convenience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we find ourselves, or they did, led into a, a system that became corrupt to the point that when God does show up, according to their own scriptures in the flesh, he's seen as really not the Messiah, but really a threat. Uh, well... What we've covered certainly explains verse 12. The disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? Yeah, yeah. And, and offended is an interesting word. It's one of those mm. ones I'm always jumping in on. Well, what did they mean by that word? And in this case, offend does mean like we would say it in the same way. But in the literal sense, in the literal meaning of that, that original Greek word, it meant to, to stumble and Jesus uh, did that when he took the core idea that they thought this is the way to God, we've got to work out, and he turns it upside down. He literally turns the core of their system on its head. He did yeah. like to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, it tripped them. To say it tripped them up was an understatement. Mm. Uh, in fact, I don't think we can appreciate in our day how revolutionary and how courageous it must have been to even say something like this. Yeah. But for them, it was revolutionary, but not in a good way. So. Can you explain the reply of Jesus in the next line? In verse 13, he replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Right. It sounds pretty harsh. And we know that Jesus didn't... Um, uh, contend against the Pharisees simply for being Pharisees because Nicodemus, there were once when they were getting the priority, right? He was all for talking to them. Right, right. What he is getting at here, I think, is the deadly mistake that we were talking about earlier. And now he's talking about pulling something up from the roots and say, okay, where do we hear something about roots and plants and all that? And I thought, okay, could you read this metaphor, Jesus? Sure, used? in John 15, 5 through 6. I am the vine, you are the branches. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Right. So in this idea of being connected to the vine, and like we said, many of the leaders were in there under somewhat false pretenses. It was a position of status, a mm -hmm. position of wealth. So they were in it for that. 
there were a number of them who were religious leaders but had no idea who God was. And so, uh, in effect, they are false spines. Um, and there were traditions being taught uh, as the way to righteousness that they were blind people, leading people, which I like to, to, to a pit. It actually, a cistern, if you ever see pictures of uh, how they made wells in some of these dry areas, it was literally carved a deep uh, right. hole carved into a, a stone. Mm -hmm. If a blind person fell in there, you weren't Toast. coming up. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, right. It would be death. Yeah. So so the real point Jesus is getting at, he wasn't so much against tradition unless it was killing people. Right. And right. so he was against spiritual death. That's what he was against. And we have to realize that he was challenging the core of the culture with the idea that what goes in the mouth doesn't defile, but rather what comes out. Uh, and he was probably, when he was saying it's got a whole lot of blank stares, Probably some of, you know, this thing with the collar when people are uncomfortable. Right. His apostles were like, you know what uh, you're saying? You're offending here. But yeah. it's interesting that his response, he says, leave them, which means ignore them. Does that sound familiar to something we already read? If I remember right, that was law number 43 of the Mishnah, ignore false prophets. <laughs> yeah. So he's kind of like using their own words against them. Right. Um, and, and earlier we mentioned that, yes, there's a danger of, of uh, uh, the whole thing is about a transformation inside. So when you're looking for um, salvation from the outside. Now, mm -hmm. Mark chapter 7 is a parallel to this. It's the same story with Mark's twist instead of the Matthew twist. Mm -hmm. If we focus on the um, outer actions as the means of righteousness, let's say we do that and we go all out like this, uh, what happens then is we leave the inside unguarded. Her outer life, we're all about appearance. We leave the inside unguarded, mm -hmm. uh, which leaves room for the sin nature to really take off. And, mm -hmm. and one thing I liked about Mark's version of the story, he expands a little bit in, uh, in uh, what the sin nature looks like, mm -hmm. uh, a little more of a list. So I thought make from uh, Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23, maybe you give those a read. Sure. He went on, what comes out of a person is, is what defiles them, for it's from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed. Malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Now, on the Sunday follow-up, when we get into application, hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting to in look into these a little bit more, investigate what this unguarded uh, sin nature is doing. Hmm. But the vital truth that Jesus is getting at, we'll say this for now as we're trying to hit the historicity of this all. Ooh, uh, how do you like that word? Before <laughs> Glad sin. Glad you said it. <laughs> yeah. and, and if we get this, I mean, I think we've, if somebody can take this to heart, this whole episode is worth it. Hmm. Is if we get this, before sin is anything we do, it's something we are. And, and that's what Jesus is saying here. It means then, if that's true, if, if the sin, uh, the real nature, the root of sin is what you are, mm. not what you do, then to try and change from external ways mm -hmm. is pure folly. You need to change internally. Otherwise, um, it's like 
uh, treating the symptoms of a, of a deadly disease, but yet ignoring the disease itself. And it makes it harder in a way. It's not just a case of changing our behavior. It's changing what we are inside. And How does a person do that? Right. I mean, if it was just stuff you had to do, oh, it'd be so easy. Or if you knew somebody was right or wrong, just from what your the appearances, wouldn't it be so easy? Mm. But the quick answer to your question is, well, we really can't. Now, here's the thing trying to stay with the, the whole picture of it. Right. Scripture gives us these places where we exercise personal choice. As a matter of fact, Christianity is all about true personal choice and free will. Mm -hmm. Realizing that no one, none of us can change what we are. Yeah. That's, going, that's where it takes something beyond ourselves, not outside, but beyond ourselves. Right. And really, that's such a large topic that we're, we're going to try and catch that in the application in the Sunday follow-up. Well, it sounds good to me. We've certainly covered a, a lot <laughs> uh, from <laughs> The terms and concepts and everything, I right. agree. That's kind well, of enough. You're going to make a chart maybe for uh, all those? I hope there's a chart already <laughs> seen <laughs> by the time we get to this part of the program. It's, uh, it's in there. Prego, it's in there. Mm. Okay. Here's my bottom line. Bottom line. Kathy's bottom line. First, the main contention of Jesus was the practice of observing the outer laws at the cost of interchange. Two, our man-made traditions, no matter how noble they are, there's no substitute for what God calls us to be. And third, if we insist on our outward appearance instead of our inner condition, we'll remain enslaved to a long list of deadly mindsets and practices. Yeah, and that's that's a pretty good summary of uh, kudos because of a very hard mm. concept to, to get across. And it's important because this isn't just something for ancient Jews. No. The principles <laughs> and the convictions that come out here are just as relevant for people in the Christian community as they ever were in the ancient Jewish community. Amen. Well, you know, before we wrap it up, we should let people know that we're going to be off for a few weeks. Yay! <laughs> and, uh, but we will be back on schedule on Friday, May 19th. Mm -hmm. So, just so everybody knows. And of course, this Sunday's follow-up, we'll look into the application, like you said, on this very important teaching. And we leave you with a powerful worship song, Lord Have Mercy, and until next time, Enjoy and be blessed. Be blessed. We'll see you in a few weeks. A few weeks.
Yeah. 
you can watch Word for the Week at CanaanCommunity.org. You can also catch our live stream on Canaan Community's Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app.